Hey, my name is Teresa Hildebrand, and this is Organized Chaos. We take a deep dive into living with intentionality, focusing on what's important in our lives so we can truly feel our best. It may feel chaotic at times, but with a little organization, the right mindset, and a ton of self-love, we can still thrive. Join me as we talk to other busy moms and experts who will share tips and strategies to help you reach your goals. Hope you enjoy this episode of Organized Chaos. Now on to the show. All right. Welcome everyone to our actual very first interview episode. We have Nikki Gingrich here with us today, and I'm super excited. Uh, I was just telling her that a year ago she had me on her podcast. So full circle moment here and super excited to have her here. We're going to be talking about some really good stuff. But who is Nikki? So Nikki, she's the working mom's life coach, a meditation teacher and mindfulness life coach. As a busy mom working full time, Nikki found herself burnt out and exhausted, juggling all the things that come with working and being a parent. She knew there had to be a better way after looking outside of herself for years, searching for new jobs or new opportunities. She found meditation. It was then that Nikki discovered she could live joy and peace as a busy working mom. She quit her full-time job to become an entrepreneur. She connected with her values and her dreams. Today, she owns her own coaching business, empowering women to make bold moves, to live their life on their own terms. In 2020, she created the Stepping Up Planner as a guide for ambitious women looking to live more a more intentional life. She also hosts a podcast, Stepping Up for the Working Mom. And this is why I have you here because you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us. <laughs> Thank you so much, Teresa. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. I, I mean, I you were the first person I thought of uh, when I started to think about creating the podcasting, you really did inspire me to actually move forward with it. It took a year, but, (laughs) but, uh, you know, we're here now. Right. So I, you know, want to dive into, um, some of the information you have about meditation. I, I consider you an expert in that, in that, but I want to hear more about who Nikki is. Um, so if you could talk a little bit more about yourself, Yeah, absolutely. Well, where do I start? Well, it's funny. I'm like, I love listening to my bio being read and I'm going, did I do that? Did I really do all of that? Oh my gosh. So it's, it's, it's humbling and exciting at the same time to be like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe I make my sound a little bit bigger than I actually am, but, Mm -hmm. but I love it. So who am I outside of those things that you just read about me? I am, I'm a mom. I have two little boys. They're six and eight. I'm married to my husband, Ryan. I almost said for 12 years, but we are in year 13 now. Are we in? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 13 next year. I'll be 14. (laughs) I had to think about it. I'm like, how long has it been? So we've been married for 13 years. We live in Pennsylvania and I have always been someone who, you know, I'm an extrovert at heart. I love people. I love being around people. My husband is the complete opposite. I think that's why we work so well together. (laughs) (laughs) That coming to being an entrepreneur and meditation was very much outside of my comfort zone because it required me to not be around people. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was, I want to go to this party. I want to hang out with this group. I want to be a part of this community. I want to, you know, sign up for this group and and do all of these things. I was always someone doing something. So to find meditation, I want to use the word rock bottom, but 
I guess it was my version of the rock bottom of I needed something just like my bio said that was outside of me to discover. And that went going internal and really listening to myself. So now I'm learning to manage this when I need to be around people and when I need to shut down and really be by myself and start to listen and learn from myself and not from other people. So I don't know if I necessarily answered your question, but that's kind of the the version about me that's not the business entrepreneur side of what my life is. Yeah, yeah, you totally did. And I, you know, talking talking about having to go internally um and you know, hitting that point in your life where you feel like there's there's so much more. There's mm-hmm. there's got to be something more and you know, a lot of people try to seek sources outside of themselves or externally. And really what you do is you do find some strategies or things outside, but that really make you focus on the inside because we do have the answers that we need on the inside. And, and I just love that. And I love that you said that, you know, you and your husband are are opposites. And as far as personalities, my husband (laughs) and me are the same. I am not, I'm, I'm an introvert, but I think we're both introverts, but I think I'm a little bit more um, reserved than he is. But as far as like drive, he's the more driven one. And I'm a little bit more scaling it back and kind of being a little bit more safe. And I think we we have a good balance, right? We have a good balance. So, okay. So let's talk about meditation. Um, You know, there, there might be a lot of myths out there about meditation, Mm -hmm. I know that I don't understand it as much as I would want to understand it. So I think maybe we should start there is, um, can you explain meditation and how many forms of meditation are there? There are probably hundreds of forms of meditation and it's, it's a lot of trial and error of figuring out what works for you. But in essence, meditation is the practice of learning to be still. It's a practice. Mm -hmm. It's not a workout and you go and you pick up a bunch of weights and you're like, Oh, I worked out today. And you do it once and you're done. It's, it's the same concept of you don't work out once. And all of a sudden you're like, look how fit I am. You know, look how much weight I lost. It's, it's a practice and it's, and it's the practice of learning how to be still because I think we've always needed this, but I think in our society today, more than ever, we don't know how to be still because when we're still, when we're, when we're standing in line at the grocery store, we're pulling out our phones. Like we don't know how to wait, mm-hmm. right? We don't know how to wait and just, just be still. And it's something I challenge myself with of if my kids are at a practice, do I sit and watch the practice, even though it's like boring, like boring me to tears of like, Oh my God, I can't sit here and watch this anymore. What do I do? I pull out my phone and I scroll because I need to be occupied. So we have this need to have our an occupied brain, mm. but when we learn to just sit down and this is very bluntly, but to sit down and shut up, that's, that's what meditation is. And it can be, there are so many different forms, so many different ways, so many different visualizations, non-visualizations, guide it, not guide it just, but essentially you can sit and be still for a minute and stare out into the trees or stare out your window and just breathe. That's a meditation because it's just the practice of learning to be still. 
Yeah, that's, and I mean, I think maybe that's why I haven't gone too deep into it because I feel like I can't, I can't stand still because there's so many thoughts in my mind and I, I can see myself doing the same thing like you would is, okay, do I sit here and actually be present or can I like answer this email over here that I've been needing to answer. And it's just like, we're constantly looking to be busy where it's funny because for the most part, I think we're trying to be less busy because (laughs) we're trying to get some control over our lives sometimes. But yet when we do have the chance to do it, it's like, we're trying to fill in these, these gaps um, in our days. And I think, you know, what you said is just the practice of standing still, it just seems so simple, but it can make such a huge impact. Right. Um, so let's, let's talk about that. Like when you get into the practice of meditation, and I know that even if you're a beginner and you just start off and you could only stand still or stay still for a minute and you do that, you know, every single day or try to do it every single day. I know you can find some benefit in that, but like, what are the tangible benefits that you get out of meditation? Absolutely. So one of the first ones that came to my mind, I mean, there's a ton, but one of the first ones that was really present for me very recently is getting our body out of fight or flight. Mm. So just over the weekend, we were having a stressful weekend and you know, no decisions, no good decisions come from a fight or flight response. So clarity comes when you're coming from a relaxed, calm space. So what meditation can do is it's, and I think I also want to tackle the fact that it's not a matter of quieting the mind. So when I first started my meditation practice, I had to learn how to be with my thoughts. So my goal in the very beginning wasn't shutting my brain up. It was shutting my mouth up, (laughs) but it wasn't actually turning my brain off because I was so, I didn't like the thoughts that were in my head. They were making me sad. They were making me angry. They were making me frustrated. So I was pushing them down. So when I first started meditating, it was actually the process of bringing, and I didn't know this at the time, but it was the process of bringing everything up. And I journaled. I would meditate for five minutes and then I would journal everything that came up. And it was so unbelievably therapeutic because it wasn't about, I never listened to, I didn't listen to a guided, somebody talking me through a meditation of breathing for probably almost a year, at least six months, because I explained it to my friend this one time. I said, I had enough in my own head. I didn't need somebody else talking to me. So I had to learn how to listen to to my own thoughts in my head. And I think that's a really big myth of meditation is, oh, I I shouldn't be thinking. And all of a sudden you notice your mind wandering. Well, sometimes it's really healthy to allow your mind to wander, Mm -hmm. especially if you've never meditated before, because you're probably, you don't know how to be still. So instead of thinking the thoughts or feeling the emotions, you're, you're filling in the empty spaces with, sending this email, checking my social media, doing this, doing that. Because if I don't do that and I allow this empty space to come in, there's all this stuff that I'm actually building a wall around that if I drop those walls, it's going to come flooding in. And the best thing you can do is allow it to come in. Even Mm -hmm. if you're poking little holes in the wall and just letting it come in all at once, you don't need to let, you know, it come crashing in on you. 
but to allow yourself to actually think those thoughts because you're thinking them for a reason. You're thinking it because it's something that's bothering you or something that's upsetting you or something you're worried about. So allow yourself to feel those emotions and allow those thoughts to come in. It's actually a really beautiful way to start if you think Zen meditation. So Z-E-N, Zen meditation is actually the observance of thoughts. And Mm -hmm. it takes, I'm not very, this is something I'm practicing, is not not allowing your brain to not think, but allowing you to think all of those thoughts, but to be detached emotionally. Mm. Really, really challenging. So if you're thinking about it, saying it's okay that I'm thinking these thoughts because I'm working towards the goal of being able to think these things without an emotional reaction to them while I'm meditating. So I think that's a really beautiful way to really look at that and and break that myth down of there's too much on my brain. Well, that's okay. Uh, So the the way I meditate has changed and day to day it changes. But I think the big piece of it is learning to calm our nervous system. So when you bring those emotions up, you allow them to come forward. You then allow for the opportunity for you through your breath to really calm the nervous system Mm -hmm. and to, to release that tension. And when you release that tension, you open up for clarity. I, I was listening to something this morning I don't know if I wrote it down. I probably wrote it down recently, but it was essentially you make a better decision. You are open yourself up to more opportunity when you're calm and grounded. So if you remember that of saying my goal right now is to simply calm my nervous system. And I'll share this quick story of just this weekend. Like I said before, I was going through this fight or flight and I could tell now this is three years of consistent pretty much at least minimum five days a week of meditation. And I finally went, I was in a a fight or flight and I recognized it. And I went, I'm in fight or flight. I can continue to go through my day or I can calm. I can take five minutes, calm down my nervous system and approach the remainder of the day from a different space. Cause I know if I stay in that fight or flight and try to just simply breathe through it, it's not really going to work. I actually needed to calm my nervous system. I went outside I did some breathing. Um, I did some other other work to kind of clear that, and I was able to take on the remainder of the day from a completely different different space. I was more patient with my kids. In a typical scenario, I would have yelled, I would have screamed, I would have lost my cool because my my body was in fight or flight, and I had to sit and say, "Where is the emotion in my body? Where am I feeling it?" I had to accept it and say, "It's okay that I'm feeling this way," and say, "But if I calm my body down." I'm not saying the emotion's not there, but I'm saying I'll be able to better respond to that emotion. So it's a very lengthy answer to your question, but there's so many different pieces, but I think that's a great beginner place to say, let me have my thoughts and let me just see what's in my head. Let me see what's going on up there. Even if it hurts, even if it's scary, grab your journal, write it all out or talk it out with your partner or a friend, whatever's coming up for you, because that's going to help you release. And when you release, you open yourself up to, to something new. Yeah, no, that, that was a perfect. Um, (laughs) and really it's, it's talking about awareness, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to be aware of what's going on up here rather than trying to hide from it. And then, you know, what you talked about the, the fight or flight, you know, I think, you know, a lot of us, especially busy moms, we feel those emotions, or we feel like we're in that state constantly, 
right? So, I mean, it, it does so much damage to not only us physically, but emotionally and mentally, right? Yeah. Um, and I think what you said about just being able to get some clarity, just take some time to breathe and just, you know, the thoughts are still in there. The emotions are there, but you're just kind of trying to release some of that pressure that we're feeling. And then of course, we'll be a little bit more level-headed and make better decisions when there's more clarity. Right. Um, I, I do have to share kind of a story, which is a little bit related about the whole fight or flight. It was almost bedtime and my husband goes to sleep really early. So I'm, I'm the bedtime parent, uh, which is not, not fun at all. Um, (laughs) so my kids did not want to go to sleep. They, you know, they just don't, they don't listen mostly during the nighttime. And, you know, there are certain things that we're trying to do to help mitigate that, but there was this, this day or this night, um, where it was the routine of brushing teeth and getting to bed. And I just felt like this really overwhelming, just a feeling. And the only way I could describe it was, um, I just, I had enough, like, I just had enough. I, I can't take it. Like there was nothing yeah. I could say or do that are, that is going to make these kids other than screaming probably. And I didn't want to do that, but I had that feeling and it was physical. It, it started to yeah. you know manifest itself physically and I wanted to cry. So most of the time, obviously I don't want to cry in front of my kids, but maybe I, maybe I should, you know, it's just kind of releasing that. Um, but they, they went to bed and I can remember lying in bed and just doing like some, uh, breathing practice yeah. that I had, had learned. I mean, something like, I don't know if it's the, forget what it's called. Maybe you can, you can say what the name of it is. It's breathing in for four seconds, holding it for four seconds, and then breathing out for four seconds. I don't know if that's yeah. the box, the box. Well, the, it's, it's the box breathing. So box breathing is technically four in four, hold four out four hold. Okay. So it's, it just, it's, you know, you can yeah, see my like fingers, a box. but yeah, you're making a box or you can yes. call it triangle breathing. So yeah. Four, four, four. I think I did the triangle. Similar. Yeah. Um, Which is all good. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And it, I don't know why I did that. I normally don't do it, but I did it. And it's like, I felt a little better, but then it's tears started coming down my face and it was just, it wasn't the emotion anymore. I didn't feel that feel those feelings that I was feeling before, but I was still crying, but it was, it was almost like my body was just releasing all of that negative energy that I had and it was coming out in tears. So I just had to share that story because you know, this, it, the, the struggle that we're going through sometimes with emotions is it, it manifests in different ways and it can be released in many different ways. Um, yeah. And I know that for, for me, I know meditation would be amazing because I maybe would um, it, those moments would probably be less frequent for me just because I would be able to go through the day and not, not let it get to the point where I'm just like in a total breakdown at night. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So awareness, being aware of what, um, you know, is going on and having a a mechanism to be able to, um, you know, find some clarity and, you know, make better decisions. I, I just, I I love how you explain that. So I want to talk about what 
are some of the misunderstandings or misconceptions about meditation that you have seen pop up? Yeah. So I definitely want to acknowledge first of, I feel you on the bedtime routine. (laughs) It is. And Ryan, my husband doesn't go to bed early, but I am primary bedtime parent simply because that's what the kids request. And if I try to step out of that role, it like just messes everything up. And Mm -hmm. it's so it's, and it's fine. I've come to terms. I've had to do a lot of work around that time of day anyway, because I think like any mom or any parent, you're tired. You've just gone through an entire day, whether you were working or at home or whatever you were doing, it's mm-hmm. you're tired and you want to go to bed mm-hmm. and you've got to get them to bed. So I think that's a been there, done that <laughs> most of the nights. <laughs> yeah. You see, so I feel you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've done a lot of work on how do I proactively prepare myself for the bedtime routine? What is it that the kids need? How can I show up for them without pushing myself too far? Cause we want to give, well, my kids want this X, Y, and Z. Well, how can I explain to them that I don't always have the energy for, for story song and 20 minutes of sitting with you in your bed. Like sometimes I just don't have it in me. So I've done a lot of preemptive work even around meditation, but so I feel you on that, but to talk about some of the, the myths or misconceptions, uh, I think we talked, I kind of mentioned it already was thinking that you have to quiet your mind. So I won't repeat all of that. That's a huge myth. It's not about quieting your mind. It's about being still. And another myth I think is that you're going to see results right away. So you might feel better in the moment. So what you did the other day, doing that triangle was a, was a medit that was a meditation. Mm -hmm. You took time to be still and be quiet. And what happened was because you were still and quiet, you were able to release those emotions. So the same thing happened to me on the weekend. I was in the middle of it and I was meditating and I was breathing and tear. And it was like, it just, they just, it just felt really good to get the cry out to say, I'm upset about something and I'm going to acknowledge it right here and right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. And to do the meditation and and to believe that you're going to feel good right away. Like you're going to come out and be like, wow, I just had like the greatest, like I just was on another planet. No, typically <laughs> like 95% of the time, 99% of the time, you're just going to feel better, like a little bit better. Or you're going to say, wow, I released those emotions. And that was a really challenging meditation. Had you not had that release, the result would have stacked itself one on another. So your stress, you would have taken that stress from that night into the next night, Mm -hmm. into the next night. But by releasing it, and anytime we release that, we get to open ourselves up for a new opportunity. So I think there's a lot of, well, I'm supposed to meditate and, you know, like the Buddhist monk and sit there for an hour and, feel like I'm floating on top of the world. No, you're just supposed to sit and be still. And whatever you feel is what you is what you feel. And if you can sit and connect to your physical body, because our emotions manifest in our physical body. And if you don't release them, that's when sickness and disease start to show up in our bodies, they manifest because that stress topples on top of each other. And the stress causes breakdowns within your actual physical body. There's a really great book. I don't have the title in front of me. It's by Deepak 
Deepak Chopra and another doctor, The Healing Self. And it really is a really beautiful book talking about the mind, body, soul connection. Mm -hmm. So it talks about physical diseases and how stress affects those and affects our bodies physically. And when we're able to learn how to calm our bodies through meditation, we can heal ourselves. And it's really, really, really beautiful book um, coming from two medical doctors. So, you know, Deepak Chopra, they, they come with this medical perspective of, yeah, go, you know, the combination of Western medicine plus Eastern medicine philosophies. It's really beautiful. So understanding that stress of saying it's not going to be an immediate, I feel like I'm standing on top of a mountain feeling, but learning to just connect with those emotions. And I think you said it's self-awareness. And when you become aware, you can do things differently. And the more you're aware, the, the, the better you'll do, but it is a lifelong process and it is a journey. It's not going to be a one and done. You've just got to keep figuring it out and trial and error of there's one way to meditate. I've got to do it this way. No, there's probably 80,000 different ways to meditate. And if it means you're laying in bed doing triangle breathing for a minute, then do it. I have a, a setting on my watch that tells me it actually says relax and it's got two little leaves on it. And it just, it says one minute or two minutes and it takes you through and it breathe in, breathe out, inhale, exhale. That's a meditation. If I put that on my watch and I just sit and breathe and my brain focuses on that, I've meditated and I'm I'm good. And it's teaching your body. Every time you meditate and you sit and you calm, you're teaching your body. One, it is safe to be in a calm state. And two, you're teaching your body what it's like to no longer be in fight or flight. As you do that more and more, your body will spend less time in fight or flight and more time in calm. And you will, you will take that balance of almost a hundred percent fight or flight and maybe to 99% fight or flight, 1% calm and grounded. And you'll, you'll increase that. And then you'll be able to have that balance because we do need stress in our lives. Stress is important, Mm -hmm. but we don't need to be there all the time. So I think those are, are some of the really big myths that, that people stop people from from creating the practice. That's awesome. Um, wow. We can talk about this for so long, <laughs> but I, I do want to wrap this up and I wanted to ask you one more question. Um, what would be the best tip you could give the mom who is listening right now that either wants to get started on meditation mm-hmm. or wants to improve upon it? Like what would be like your biggest tip? Yeah, I would say make a commitment and challenge yourself. So whether that means you're able to challenge yourself and say for 30 days, I'm going to meditate every day. No, I did a 30 day challenge. I said I'd meditate Monday through Friday. When I first started a consistent practice, that was my commitment. And it solidified so much for me because it gave me 30 days to do the practice, but then also 30 days to see the results. And depending on your level of commitment to yourself, it's finding a buddy, signing up on an app. Uh, There's so many great apps out there and so many challenges that you can join a community where you're meditating for 30 days and just creating that consistent practice and keeping it simple. Say, I'm going to meditate for one minute the first week, two minutes, the second week, three minutes, the third week, four minutes, the fifth week, and 
get to five minutes and you don't ever have to go over five minutes unless you feel you need to. I'm typically between a five and 10 minute meditator on a daily basis. This isn't a practice you need to sit and do for an hour. So I say, challenge yourself. What can you do in 30 days that will help you make that commitment so that you can say, Hey, look, look what I just did. I can make the time. And two, you'll start to see those benefits, not just when you're in the meditation, but you'll start to see them in the rest of your life when, as you're teaching your body to to stay calm. So I think that's a really, really beautiful way to say, don't do it for a week. Don't do it for 10 days. I say 30 days, especially for something like meditation. Yeah. And challenges are so effective. You know, we do them all the time. Um, I guess, I guess as humans, we just really like challenges, right? We like, and we like like a set of days where like, okay, it's going to be 30 days. Okay. I know that that's, that's the, the window that I have. And then, you know, I, I love that. That's, that's an awesome tip. So man, Nikki, we can, like I said, we can talk for hours about this. Um, but I think you gave such amazing insight into meditation and some great tips for people to get started. I know I was taking notes to make sure that I can start doing that. Um, If someone wants to learn more about meditation through you um, or wants to connect with you in some way, how can they find you? Absolutely. I love it. And I've loved this conversation. And uh, one last note to say, if it doesn't stick the first time, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I had a meditation practice that was inconsistent for about a year, that I, but I just never gave up. So if you do that 30 day challenge and you only get two or three days in, you're like, okay, let me do it again. And let me do it again, but never give up because it's worth the effort. And you'll find the time once you're ready to really make the commitment. So I just want to share that as well. And it's not going to like click automatically and that's totally okay. But if someone wanted to learn more about meditation, connect with me. So as a meditation teacher, you can find me on the insight timer app. I have meditations myself on there. I teach live classes pretty much weekly at this point, teaching live classes on all sorts of topics, some manifestation and meditation. And I think I have one that's coming up. That's actually talking about the, to how to yell less and be more calm. So <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's coming up in July. Um, and then sometimes I just do Q and A's. I do a whole bunch of things, but I love the insight timer community as far as that meditation, spirituality minded community. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, you can connect with me. I'm on social media. Uh, Instagram is where I like to hang out the most. I am on Facebook, but Instagram's my home. Uh, Nikki Gingrich. It's super simple. My website is NikkiGingrich.com. And on my website, you can find ways to work with me. Um, and then all my links are there as well. And my podcast, uh, which is stepping up for the working mom, anywhere podcasts can be found. There was a mini hiatus from about January to mid June, but I just had a resurgence of it. So I've got interviews and solo episodes uh, coming up for the summer that I'm, that I'm really excited about and uh, bringing that back to life. So that's where all the places you can find me and connect with me. And I'm always happy to chat and share and see how I can be of help. Well, that is amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Um, I will include all of that in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. And, you know, once again, thank you so much for your time. 
Um, I want to thank you all for listening and, uh, you know, being willing to grow and learn. Um, we can do this together. So have an amazing day and we'll see you next week. Hey, if you love listening to the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast on iTunes, go to the show and scroll to the bottom underneath ratings and reviews and click on write a review. Thanks so much for listening and tune in to our next episode.